Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of the She Flourishes podcast. I am here today with a very special person um, in my life. Her name is Lisanne Thomas. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lisanne, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Um, Lisanne is a lifelong learner with a deep passion for supporting others, and she brings her heart-centered work of over 15 years facilitating change for a thousand, actually over a thousand coaching clients around the world, including a wide range of ages, lifestyles, and living circumstances. Lisanne is a professional certified ADHD coach, a certified life coach, a certified master nutrition and wellness coach, and a certified solution-focused brief coach. She's also, on top of all of that, a registered yoga teacher and certified personal training specialist. Her professional background also extends beyond coaching as well, whether as a childbirth educator, labor doula, president of a nonprofit association, advertising executive, or activity coordinator for three wonderful kiddos and three wacky whippets. So welcome to the show, Lisanne. Thank you, Brenda. It's such a pleasure and joy to be here with you today. Oh my goodness. I love hearing, I love like, um, you know, we know each other um, as, you know, coach colleagues, but also first as friends. And um, so I love, you know, hearing about all the latest um, credentials and like, like sometimes you don't always know all the credentials your friends have, right? So I love um, hearing all of that about you. But um, Lisanne and I actually, we met, um, oh my goodness, it must have been, I'm thinking it must be about eight years ago now, because we have sons that are the same age. So um, Lisanne and I first met at a hockey rink with our sons who were nine years old at the time who, now we're Canadian. So in Canada, if your son starts hockey when he's nine, like you're late. (laughs) starting <laughs> starting right like a lot so of the true. other moms were like their kids have been playing hockey since the age of two right so there's Lisanne and I at the hockey rink <laughs> and I don't know Lisanne what would you call us like we were what were we, we as the hockey we were not your typical hockey moms yeah no I think we were we were moms first and it was our sons that brought us there somewhat yes reluctantly I'll speak for myself (laughs) yeah my idea of a winter sport was going to Florida like that (laughs) was my winter sport so yes yes and um it's true and we grew to be I think we became pretty good hockey moms actually as time we we actually were right in there we got right into it eventually but um but I think we bonded over the fact that we were we're newbies um but the other thing you don't know about Lisanne and I will tell you so Lisanne is like super cool and so I do remember when I first met Lisanne I was like I don't know like she is I don't know if I'm cool enough to be her friend (laughs) 
wish I would look at her and she's so cool. <laughs> and, um, and then, and then I talked to her and like, and she was not only was she cool, but she was also super nice. And then I'm like, Oh my goodness, she's amazing. And we've just gotten to know each other as the years have, um, have gone by, even though, um, you know, our sons aren't doing hockey anymore. Um, but we've gotten to know each other, <laughs> thankfully, uh, but we've gotten to know each other as friends and as coach colleagues, um, over the years. And I'm really, really excited to talk to Lisanne today about um, the topic of ADHD, specifically ADHD in women. Um, and I think this this is a, a big topic and uh, very timely today. So Lisanne, maybe we can start with, I know, like, I almost see this as a bit of a feminist issue, because like, I've heard some people say recently, like talking about ADHD, like often it's seen as something that affects um like boys or men, but not, we don't always hear about it with girls and women. So I know I'm sort of diving right in there, but, but I'm curious um, about that and why, um, why it is that this has, isn't something that um, has been seen as a women's issue before. That is such a great question. And um, I think, you know, depending on who's listening, they may or may not even know what ADHD is. We, I think we think we know what it is, and it, we, like there is that perception that it's, oh, it's the young boy in class who's not behaving and who's acting out. And, um, you know, certainly that's what I thought it was for the longest time. And even when there was a diagnosis in my family that there was ADHD, I thought I knew what it was. And it wasn't until, and here comes the, the feminist piece, it wasn't until I was advised to read a book about how ADHD presents in girls. And when I read that book, it's called Untangled, and I can share that information. Um, when I started to read through the description of how ADHD shows up in girls, I, I just, I couldn't help but self-identify. So before mm. I go right down there, though, let's back up and say, hey, what is ADHD? And I, yes, for my own executive functioning, um, I had to like have a definition in front of me because that's how my brain works. And so it, despite the fact that I talk about this all the time, um, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, terrible name. I'll just say that. But what it, what it is meant to describe is a neurodevelopmental condition with symptoms existing along a continuum from mild to severe. And it goes across the lifespan. So it's not something that you get cured of. It is not a dis-ease. It is not something to be healed or fixed. And so the disorder piece is the order piece is like how things should go from a standardized our belief of what normal is. And dis means it's not going the way it is the way we think it ought to go. So it's if we can just take that for a moment and say, hey, mm. this isn't that there's something wrong or a deficit. It's that this is different. Mm. So that's ADHD yes. in a nutshell. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I think you're right. Like, and people think, oh, like, especially like if, you know, the stereotypical, right? Like if you think of the little boy that, and you're like, oh, like he'll grow out of it, right? Um, or a hope that, oh, when they're older, they'll, you know, whether it's a boy, or they'll be able to pay attention more or so that is really fascinating that, yeah, this is something over a lifespan. And thank you for that definition. I think that's really 
helpful. And yeah, it's a ter- it is a terrible name. Like the word deficit and the word disorder in there. And like, it's, it's not our, yeah. Anyway, that's another, it's, maybe, yeah. hopefully they'll change that eventually, but maybe we can't, we're working we can't, on it. We're we working on it. Figure that out today. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So tell me more about, um, you were saying then it was, so you read this book and then you realized, um, so there's actually, they talk about ADHD and girls as being different and you read it and then you're like, wow, it presents differently in girls. So can you tell us more mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, what a great question. Thank you. How it presents differently, and this is where the the feminist piece comes in. In society, growing up, depending on how old you are, girls were meant to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And perhaps all children too. I'm not going to just gender specific, specifies it. In general, though, there has been a theme, at least the way I grew up, that we were meant to be quiet and um you know be proper and speak when spoken to and you know so i mean do you resonate with that was that kind of all the things absolutely and i you you hope it's getting better these days but i don't know if it is um we hope absolutely (laughs) yes we can hope we can hope but definitely that's what i grew up with for sure yeah so it it's you could see then if you had as a teacher, for example, if you had a class full of children, over full, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when children are quiet and not creating any distraction around them, they they would be much more um, able to fly under the radar in terms of there may be something else going on there. They may not just be quiet and paying attention. They may be somewhere else completely. And so that is one of the types of ways that ADHD presents itself. It looks as if the person is inattentive. So they may have a hard time focusing. They may have, um, you know, hey, here's what's happening with me right now is this uh, struggle with memory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Executive, there's a collection of about 12 different executive functions that live in the prefrontal cortex. And depending on the situation, they come and go. And so um, it's all that to say, it's very easy to have missed diagnoses in girls and women. And the other beautiful thing about ADHD and what we know, what, what I know now that I'm happy to share, you might feel like you have it sometimes, but not all the time. And so for me in my life um transition or my life journey so far it wasn't until about i the time when i hit perimenopause and the interrelation between our hormones and how protective they are with how our brain works so hormones are chemicals neurotransmitters that are in the brain mm-hmm. and estrogen uh has a big role to play in the brain fog that women go through when we are approaching menopause and and beyond and you know, for many people who have had ADHD undiagnosed for years and years, easy to fly under the radar if when we are in situations where our behaviors are in line with societal norms. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, so if I like, um, I, uh, I pass for so-called normal, <laughs> like non-neurodivergent, yeah. Um, then, you know, I wouldn't necessarily know, but you're saying when women reach uh, perimenopause, um, 
suddenly they realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm not, you know, maybe there's something else going on here, not just the regular um, experience that a woman without ADHD would have. Yeah. Okay. Yep, exactly, exactly. And it happens in the teenage years as well when hormones are changing. Mm, so hormones have a role to play in how the symptomology of ADHD. And so I say all that just to say, you know, it's not as abnormal as you may think to have a late diagnosis in life. Okay. Yes. And I do hear about a lot of people, it seems like um, you know, I've been hearing a number of people saying, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. Like I didn't know. Um, and it's, um, I think it's almost a bit of a relief, um, sometimes for women now, but just sort of going back a little bit, like if we, I'm just thinking about our listeners, like if someone, if someone is sitting there, so, you know, we're going to have all sorts of people listening, like some may be that person who's just been recently diagnosed. Maybe it's someone who's sort of a little bit like, well, I've just hit perimenopause and hmm, maybe I'm, they're sort of questioning, like maybe I do have ADHD or maybe they have a daughter or a child with ADHD. Um, so how would someone know, first of all, like if, you know, can you self-diagnose? Do you need um, someone else? Like how would you even know um, if you have ADHD? Maybe we can, that should be one, start with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, so there definitely self-diagnosis is a part of it. And I just want to bring in to the conversation too, getting a diagnosis oftentimes is a privilege because mm -hmm. not everyone has access to the requirements like the testing and assessments that need to be in place depending on who the doctor is. Some family doctors will treat ADHD based on self-assessment some will not. Wow. And uh, I, I mean, we don't have that much time to get into the whole, you know, I guess struggles that people with ADHD have to go through or go through. Um, but in terms of getting a diagnosis, first place to go is uh, there are some great resources you can look at online. Um, Chad, C-H-A-D-D, -D, has great resources for people. There's Attitude Magazine. So, I mean, I think a Google search wouldn't be far off to just say, hey, if you think there might be something there, there are resources online, have a look. Once you've gotten what you need from there, then you go to your family doctor, hopefully if you have one. Right. <laughs> and, you know, depending on your insurance and, you know, and your doctor, whether they would... Uh, be able to validate your experience of the struggles that you actually go through, mm -hmm. then you may qualify to receive. There's, there's, there's more than, it's not just take a pill and it's fine. It's not about medication. That is one way of getting support. The other ways are therapy because generally speaking, is this okay to talk about? I just want to check in. There's yeah. And I okay. love that you're saying that. And I, and I just, I wanted to mention too, because that is something that's the kind of coach you are like there's coach there. So there's therapy and there's coaching. Like, is that, and yes, yes and definitely medication is, is part of it. It's these are, there's all different. So carry on. Yes. These are all yeah. different ways. So it, medication doesn't fix it because it's not meant to be fixed. It gives us the ability to function equally or equitably to people who don't have the same wiring in their brain or the same way that their brain 
you know, has been organized. So that's one pillar of support. The other pillar is therapy. And I heard you had a fantastic therapist on your podcast recently. I loved yes. listening to that. And yes, you know, Sarah I, Flanagan came on and she was great. Yeah. 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 So what Sarah was talking about, there's healing that may need to take place. Imagine living in a in a in a life where you didn't know why you were the way that you were. And so we can't help but create stories about who we are. And then we feel bad about ourselves. So here comes depression or we worry about everything because we keep struggling so much. And then here comes anxiety. So there may be some traumas there, big traumas, little traumas, whatever, you know, stuff that needs to be processed. Great for therapy. That's where therapy comes in. Yeah, Coaching is another piece where it's understanding yourself now, who you are and who you want to be and like removing some of those stories that no longer serve you to open up that ability to own who you are and like operate from that place. I mean, you know me and I know you and we love coaching because we know the power that it enables in people. Yes. You know? Yes. I love that. And I think it's so important to um, to recognize that, and, and because there's so many kind of myths and myths, misconceptions out there, I think it's so wonderful for people to be able to sit down with someone like yourself who really understands the ins and outs of ADHD, someone who you've been trained in it can help a person understand, okay, what do I do now? It's kind of like, what do I do now? Like I have this, if they have this diagnosis and you also work with children and families, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if they, if you have this diagnosis or if you have a child or someone in your family and then, yeah, so therapy, if it's been, you know, maybe there's some trauma associated with it, possibly medication. Um, but what you do, Lisanne, I think is so valuable as well, because it's that, um, you know, how do you set goals? How do, how do I work with this? How do I work with this? Um, because there's really like, there's a lot of positives too, right? Like the way someone with an ADHD brain, tell me if I'm saying that right, like works um, there's some really amazing, like it's it's fascinating to me. And I think there's some, um, you know, you, you hear about all these people in the world with ADHD that have accomplished all these incredible things because they're able to have this um, because of the way they bra their brain works. Maybe you can say a little bit about yeah. that too, or and or, or and oh. also finish with the pillars if you had any more. Sorry. Yes, I had one more. There's thank okay, you so much for that. that. <laughs> See, you're just wonderful. I'm I love getting how ahead. You do that. So. I, I like to think of the visual of a table for okay. um, pillars and somebody else described it this way. And I just, it, it just helps. So the one pillar is medication. Another pillar is therapy. Another pillar is coaching. And the other pillar is modifications and accommodations, mm. the environment, creating the environment and the structure around the human being to be themselves and function in ways that support them functioning to do the things that they want to be doing. And I know this is an epiphany for me in in working with people to support them in getting what are those accommodations and modifications. We need them at school. We need them at work, depending on the kind of work that you do, because you may have been fortunate enough to find yourself doing what you love and what you're genuinely interested in. And in that case, you probably wouldn't need too many accommodations or modifications because you're in your zone. Yes. Right. For those of us who haven't been there then you're not. And so we need support to be able to function in this place that's not designed for us, the way we think, the way we, you know, process the way we, the way we are. So 
Uh, but here's the piece that was an epiphany. Home. Modifications in the home. And I think for women and caregivers who look outside of themselves to think it needs to look like this, that, or the other thing. Things need to be, you know, magazine ready. Yeah, like Pinterest or, or Mar- Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you know, there's there's wonderful hacks. Let's face it. Social media has some great hacks. But I think, you know, when we when we reflect on what works and what doesn't work, for some people, we won't remember something if it's not directly under our nose. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a simple example. Toothbrush, toothpaste. So many ADHDers struggle to brush their teeth every day. And that has huge health implications. Mm-hmm. If that toothbrush isn't under your nose with your toothpaste that you like, and you yes. can find something else to do, because if it's painfully boring to stand there for two minutes brushing your teeth, then you know, creating a system or a structure around that to make it easier for you to do and not have it just in the, you know, in the nice little container where it looks so pretty on the shelf and, you know, right. things are just in their place. So all that yes. to say, accommodations at home, pretty please. And if your house is a little bit disorganized to the outside eye, but it works for you, then let it be because it may be something that really truly serves you. Yes. Yes. That, yeah, all the things can't be tucked away out of sight if it's, if it's not, if you need an environment that serves you. And I just love this and I can see it's so true. Like we talk, I think with ADHD, number one, it's school accommodations that get talked about, right? Like getting the IEP in place and getting, making sure, you know, and again, like you said, that's a privilege. And I know like there's long lists sometimes even to get an educational psychoeducational assessment, right? And, and different accommodations in place. So that, you know, getting that in place is amazing. And then yeah, work accommodations. Um, but yes, um, the home, I just love that. And, and it makes me think about like early on, I had brought on um, one of the episodes was um, with a, a home organizer. And I remember, I don't think we talked about it in the podcast, but I remember talking to her about how um, sometimes she will go into someone's home with someone if someone has ADHD and sometimes because there's, there's a hereditary factor, right? Like you can, might even have more Absolutely. than one person in the household. So yeah. we might all have different things that we need in, in our house to serve us. So making sure your environment is supporting you as opposed to, I guess, um, like taking away or taking energy or focus away from you. Absolutely. And uh, you know, there are a lot of home organizers, hopefully I think we're going to see more of them becoming ADHD informed yeah, mm. uh, you know, because it's not just about how things look. You really need to consider the person and how they like what is it that they're struggling with? And so it could be decision, uh, fatigue, it could be or that indecisiveness, could be impulsivity that has uh shown up with like too much stuff. Right. Uh it, it can just be so many different things. So yes. um yeah, it's great to be able to recognize if one where you're struggling and to not fall prey to feeling ashamed mm. and judging yourself too harshly uh and and what can help with that i think is is asking for help mm. speaking to others being in connection with others that you know may know something that could help you and there's no shame in it that that we're not meant to live in isolation and you know 
I think for women with ADHD, like before I knew about my diagnosis, there's a lot of mm, unhelpful self-judgment. Like I'm a bad mom because the toys aren't put away or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, yelling at my kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like that is emo- there's emotional regulation. It goes really high, really low. You know, you throw in some sleep deprivation in there. Hello, moms everywhere. Uh, these things impact our ADHD symptoms and our ability to self-regulate and our ability to be able to become present mm-hmm. in what's happening right now in my experience, having that self-compassion and moving from that place. Mm-hmm. And maybe taking off the the judgment about how my house looks so that I can just be kind to myself. Like, hey, I'm sleep deprived. I'm really tired and I love my kids. So what can I do right now? <laughs> Maybe I could yeah. just give them a hug. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. And and I love this whole idea of getting the support that you need because part of, um, like I know from positive psychology, that part of self-compassion is that uh, the common humanity. So mm-hmm. one of the things that helps us with to be more compassionate is to realize, okay, I'm not the only person dealing with this. And so I love what you're saying about that. Like, and, you know, get connected with like a coach or community so that you realize that, okay, I might not be like the the um some of the other moms that have the <laughs> the Pinterest homes or whatever. Um, I'm not one of those either. Um, but uh, you know, but just realizing that, oh, okay, this is, you know, I can have more compassion for myself because I realize this is part of um part of having ADHD. So I just think that's a really, really great and that it's so interesting, yeah, how we do judge ourselves and and how it can be so helpful to understand and, and have that compassion. And can you say a little bit, I, I want to talk some more about compassion too, but can you say a little bit about some of the the positives of, you know, when someone has ADHD, just about like the way um, their brains work? Because just going back to that, how you do, like, it's amazing how many, um, you know, really brilliant people um have figured out how to deal with it. And they not only have they figured it out, but they've actually gone on to do some really incredible things. Yes, thank you. And I'm so glad there was something I wanted to talk about there when we, we you had mentioned superpower. And like any great superpower, like all those hero stories, when we don't understand what it is, it can cause harm. When we understand what it is, and we learn how to work with it, not fighting against it, then we can do great good. So the superpower, so I really like the um, to think about ADHD as our brains are wired for interest. If we are interested in something, look out because we are unstoppable. Like we do incredible things. We just do. Yes. yes. And the flip side of that is when we're not interested, it can almost be a non-starter. It's like an on-off switch. And whereas a, a, a brain wired differently has more of a dimmer switch. So we, I know my taxes are really important. I really don't like doing them. But, you know, you get them in. Right. An adhd would know the same exact things. And whether people identify as being ADHD or having ADHD, they get to decide how that, that fits them. Uh, okay. So those folks though 
if they're really not interested and they have some really negative emotion attached to doing the thing that needs to get done, doesn't matter because it's an off switch. It's really hard to get to the on. Mm. So we need structures, accommodations, modifications, uh, medical support to be able to enable them to get to the point where they can take action. Wow. So I hope I'm still talking about a superpower here because we still do yes. amazing things. Yes. Well, when, and what I'm hearing you say is it's like when you're interested, right? Because then it's like that hyper focus or that hyper interest. And that's where the superpower comes in where, yeah, they're unstoppable almost because they're so like passionate about, about this. And when someone is interested, they do become like, it's effortless. Well, they're still putting effort in, but it, but they're so passionate about it. And and so it's interesting. I love that because it's tax season here, right? So I love this idea <laughs> of the taxes, right? And and it's interesting because it's you're right. It's like um you might be able to say, okay, I don't like doing taxes, but I'll, you know, buckle down and I'll do it. Whereas someone with ADHD, it's like, okay, it's like that's interesting, the off switch. So they would need to get, I guess, some different supports in place, some help. And I'm actually thinking, this is actually making me think too about marriage, like relationships at home. And I'm oh, thinking, yeah. so if you're a woman with ADHD and your husband doesn't have ADHD, I'm just imagining the conversations that would happen around tax season or if, if the woman was not interested in <laughs> if that off switch has gone off. <laughs> so can this also help with relationships too? Like, I guess, understanding people and like with, with a, a, a partner or even, you know, family relationships, friends. Absolutely. Brenda, like it is, um, there, there's a higher propensity of divorce for people who have ADHD. Um, they generally, it, it, it spans across like the social intelligence and how we engage with other people. It can, you know, our metacognition, how we think about things, emotional regulation, highs and lows. Can you imagine if you're not like that and you're living with somebody that's up and down, like how confusing that would be to them. And again, they can only see what's happening on the outside. They don't know what's happening behind the curtain because they aren't that same way. They're different. Yeah. And they um, don't understand. They, they wouldn't don't. understand. Like, well, why can't just, you know, uh, get, you know, suck it up, get your taxes done. Like, what's the problem here? Like, they wouldn't understand. And so like this, and this fits when you talk about the home, I think it's so fascinating, because yeah, there's the organizational element, like setting up your home to serve you and to, to help you function. But also the relationship, like, if people in your, in your loved ones don't really understand, then it's going to, be harder to be in relationship as opposed to if you're able to then help a family or help an individual communicate, okay, if I'm a person with ADHD, do you help them then communicate like, here's what I need? Um, or here's how you can help me or understand me better? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I do coach couples as well. Mm. And it's creating a bridge between their experience and what they know, based on what they know, and opening up some, you know, like perspectives to take on of what they might not yet know. And when they are able to do that, to recognize and appreciate and accept the differences versus how it, can I give you an example? Yeah. Can you give me an example of like how, like, let's say a couple is having like someone has one has ADHD and the other one doesn't. Just to help. Yeah. So like, I'll just take that example. Like, I, I don't want to bring in any personal uh, client because I might mm -hmm. get to like, I just so that the an example of tax season 
um, where you have a partner that's like, nobody likes it. Nobody likes no. doing it. No, right? not unless you're a CPA, you might. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Unless, yes, absolutely. So let's say there's a couple and one partner is like, understand who's, who's neurotypical. Um, they can do the thing. They're doing the thing. And then I look at the other person and I say, well, look, all you have to do is you just get up, you gather up your expenses, you do a spreadsheet for like how much you made and you get your forms that you need. And, you know, just very, I'll just tell you what to do because that's how they do it. And that's what they know. And that's what works for them. What's ha And so what they see in the person with ADHD is it might show up as, you know, they don't care. And that creates stress and tension. Like, how could they not care? Don't they know this is important? And that can build up in, the, in those ways. Or um, it could be like, or just like completely, like, what else could you possibly imagine? What would that look like if, if that person isn't doing the things when you've just told them exactly how to do it? Right. That's, what, that's what's happening, right? On the other side, there's this person who sees their loved one and wants you know, knows that pressure that they want to be able to do that thing, not just because it needs to get done, but because they care about that person. And so there's all this emotional pressure too, let alone the mental pressure of holding a lot. Of, again, it depends on who the ADHD person is and where their executive functioning skill deficits are, what may be happening in their experience. If it's emotional regulation, that pressure, there's negative feelings around it, it's a shutdown, that off switch is off. Um, if it is about trying to organize all the things, it's like, oh, where are those papers? I don't even know where to begin looking. And and then you're holding, the other thing that happens, you hold all the information in and it's flooding all in at the same time because you can't not think about just the one thing. You're thinking about 10 things at the same time. It's, it's a shutdown, it's a shutdown. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you start like, why can't I do this? I'm a terrible, horrible human being. I should be able to do this. What's wrong with me? And I'm so stupid. Like you, you can keep mm -hmm. piling on the baloney stories that follow with that. And they're struggling so much behind the scenes, but you can't see that from the outside unless that person is able to speak, unless they even understand what's happening in their experience. They don't, yeah. they may not yet even know why it is the way it is. Mm -hmm. But does that help? Is that a Yes. And I think it's just, it's just, a, um, it, I, I think it's really important to realize. And, and I think this whole idea of it's not just at school or work or accommodations, or even the, the physical um, functional accommodations at home, it's the relational um, accommodations or you, maybe not accommodations, but understanding and acceptance. And, and I love this again, going back to the self-acceptance, right? How interesting, like the almost the, the self-judgment that comes along with it. And I think it's um, so important. And there's so many different, so many, much more I um, we could talk about on this topic. Um, but I did just want to ask you another question about 
like I, I've he- heard a lot of people, like I know there's like videos on TikTok and social media and people, and it, and it's like a lot of people are think are listening and saying, oh, I think I might have ADHD or, you know, and they're, you know, they're self-diagnosing. And then I hear people saying, oh, everybody has ADHD these days. There's so much distraction out there with our phones and everything. And um, I just would like to know like your take on one, you know, what do you think of these social media trends where people are maybe you know, seeing it and self-diagnosing potentially? When we see messages about ADHD that are, oh, well, you know, I'm struggling, I have ADHD, therefore it's okay. Um, You know, I think those kinds of messages, on the one hand, I, I get their meaning. I get that that messaging is trying to normalize and validate people who really have those kinds of experiences when you don't have those kinds of experiences, then you can look at that and think they're just using it as an excuse. They're just lazy. They don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, you know, is it helpful or, or harmful? I don't know. When we are better informed, then we can be more discerning with what it is that we're looking at. And we can, you know, just so be discerning with social media is what I would say to that. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at, if you're listening to this conversation, if you are wondering about whether you have ADHD or not, don't dismiss it because mm-hmm. it's not something to be dismissed. And I'm going to get a little bit emotional. This really matters. There are comorbid factors that come along. And I'm going to, yeah, sorry, I just feel so passionately yeah, about yeah. this. Don't be it sorry. is not okay to dismiss the symptoms because there are life I, I can't even say life-threatening because that feels too scary. So yeah. like it can really make a positive difference in our lives when we understand ourselves and when we yeah. get the support that we actually need and deserve. And I wanted to go back to something earlier because asking for help is super important. If your doctor isn't on board, there are doctors that are. And you can, this is where we do need to help ourselves advocate. And if you can't do that for yourself because you have ADHD and it's really, really hard, please get someone who can help you or do it for you or do it with you. We are not meant to live life in isolation. We are not. So, and there are like, there's there's an adult um, ADHD center for adults. There are online diagnoses. I won't speak to all of them, um, but there are supports out there where you can be validated, but please first and foremost, get informed. And if you can't self-advocate, get somebody that can help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. And I, I love that you're so passionate about it, Lisanne. And I, I can, I can hear it in your voice and see it on, for, um, I'm, we're on video, but for those <laughs> listening and, and it, and we need people that are advocates and it is so important and it's, it can be so misunderstood. And um, so thank you for that. And I, I'm glad that you're, you know, we need people in the world that are so passionate and advocating and, and helping people to advocate for themselves. Um, so thank you. And I think that compassion, yeah, realizing that, um, you know, people aren't just using it as an excuse that this is, it is um, an actual, um, it is 
something that needs to be taken seriously and and uh, people do need to have things in place and the, the resources and the help in place. So Lisanne, can you um, tell us, I ask everyone, and because t- we're running out of time here, but um, in our last uh, little bit here, can you tell us, I always ask my guests, what's one thing that you really recommend that women can do to flourish in their lives? Um, what would you most recommend that a woman or someone who identifies as a woman could do to flourish? I love, I love this question. And I mean, it's so many. So I'm going to ask your audience, your listener, how would you answer that question? First and foremost, take a moment if you can. and and. What is it right now in this very moment that you think you could do for yourself, the smallest, littlest, teeniest, tiniest thing that would have you flourishing a little bit more than you already are? That's my first response. Mm. And my next response would be, uh, if you're asking me, I would start with self-awareness and acceptance and then advocacy. Triple A. Self-awareness, acceptance, and advocacy. Wonderful. Yes, triple A, awareness, acceptance, and advocacy. Thank you for that. So good. And I love that you ask people to ask themselves. That's such a great coach answer too. (laughs) I love it. Um, And Lisanne, for people that want to get connected with you who are maybe looking for some assistance within this area, either looking for an ADHD coach or maybe help with themselves or with a family member, with a a child in their their family, um, how can they best get in touch with you? Think, uh, yeah, my website is ADHDjoy.com. I love that. ADHDjoy.com. I love it. Yeah. We'll put yeah. that in the show and, notes. Super. And I will be having some workshops coming up, just doing some advocacy work and awareness work for people to understand what it is. And also, I'm I'm hoping to build community to so that we get that sense of belonging because we do belong and we are our best selves when we're in connection with others. So that's my jam. That's how to find me. Awesome. Okay. We will definitely put that in the show notes. Lisanne, it has been such a pleasure talking to you today. I could... Um, I could talk to you like all day about this because you're such a wealth of knowledge. Um, For those of you that are listening, um, if you are looking for someone who is an amazing resource in this area and who really knows her stuff, I highly, highly recommend that you connect with Lisanne. So thank you, Lisanne, for being on the show today. I so appreciate you. you. Thank you for having me, Brenda. I love your show. You're doing great work. I love uh, being able to be a part of it. So thank you for having me here today. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.